millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed, and joining me as ever is Mr. Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, David. How are you today? Are you doing Are you doing well on I'm this bright and sunny day? Fully soothed. Fully soothed. Thanks to you. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Can I have a guess what happened prior to this um, David pressing record? Yeah, what, soothed me. What do you think I did to soothe Marek? Hmm? Hmm? What do you, what do you think? Have a little think. Have a little think. And now, build at the picture. And wherever you are, shout out your answer. No, that's wrong. That's wrong. David gave me an ice cream. He gave me an ice cream. Nice. It's 30 degrees outside. There's supposed to be a storm brewing in approximately one hour. There was supposed to be one last night and it seems to be late. The storm is late. It probably arrived on southern trains. <laughs> um, um, uh, oh, do you know what though? What's that? We have to mention our sponsor. Yes, that's right. Before we talk about films, which we are going to talk about, uh, we should mention that we are sponsored by Her Film Project, who are an organisation that uh, promote diversity in films, not just uh, ladies, but also other underrepresented groups. So if you would uh, like to have a look at what they do, or if they could help you, then please go to herfilmproject.com and follow at herfilmproject on Twitter. Unless you're completely normal. Unless you're normal, or your soul is full of hatred for those who are not you. I wonder who the most normal person in the world is, the most average person. Richard Maidley. Richard Maidley. No, he's not normal. (laughs) You think he's abnormal? Yeah. Okay, the most normal person. Maybe the most normal person we would never notice is there, because they blend in so well. And they then, they thus become abnormal. That's true. I was going to say thence. (coughs) No one's ever said that before, have they? Go on, say thence if thence. you want. Yeah, you say thence if what you want. What does thence mean then? Uh, then hence, this yeah, happened. Thence. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about films, and we've both been to the cinema, one of those rare occurrences where uh, we have we call it a film fandango eclipse. We don't call it that at all. We both went to see Baby Driver. Yes, it finally came out. It finally came out, Baby Driver. If you are not in the know, then you clearly don't really like films because it's the only film on at the moment. There's a few, but it's odd. There doesn't seem to be anything other than You can go and see Baby Driver or My Cousin Rachel, can't you? Those are the two things. Yeah. Uh, Baby Driver is Edgar Wright's um, latest film, directed and written by Edgar Wright, uh, of Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and World's End fame. And aborted Ant-Man film fame and this is uh, this is a film without Simon Pegg and it's his first film uh, completed film anyway filmed in America I believe Um, but it tells the story of a young boy called Baby who is a driver for a criminal uh, played by Kevin Spacey and he basically goes on heists but his quirk if you like is that he has tinnitus. 
<laughs> like all, all great characters he's got and so he to drown out the constant hum he listens to music on his iPod the perfect way to have a soundtrack yes basically to make your entire film into uh, a montage um, or a music video basically you could say that yeah. I, it's a, if this film is a love story to driving basically because people if there's one group of people who love playlists it's people who have to drive for long distances isn't it lorry drive like CBs though what CB you're too young for CBs when um, you'd have before mobile phones lorry drivers would have CBs where they just have two, different frequencies and they talk to each other oh right CBs. yes yeah uh, all right, David, is it going? All right, Mary, it's all right. I've just killed a fox. Pipes are falling out. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, that, that's what it was like, but no longer. And uh, Baby gets involved with a woman, played by Lily Collins, and uh, things happen on the heist. It's got a good cast, hasn't it? Well, I, I mean, it's, I think the tone, uh, it started, uh, the cast is great. It's, the tone feels 80s, and but still modern at the same time. Yeah. So Do you know what I mean? It's got very 50s in it. It's it's clearly drawn a huge amount of influence from Tarantino, uh, especially True Romance, I think. Yeah, it's got, that, it's got the same sort of tone as True Romance. Yeah. Sort of, because True Romance has got a really unusual, sort of slightly heightened... Yeah sort of cool cool, it's cinema cool but knowingly so and a bit just an edge of comedy but not it's not really a comedy but there's something it knows it's slightly silly but it doesn't make a feature of it particularly yeah I think the big thumbs up go to Ansel Edgort who plays Baby yeah who I think who you may I've seen previously in the full in their stars, which is the I think I reviewed about two years ago, right. film about two young adaptation about two young people who have, who have cancer. I thought he was excellent. He really held the film up. I mean, it started off, and no one's mentioned any of the view, reviews, but the start is very similar to the start of Drive. I mean, pretty much. I can't remember. Remind me. The start of Drive. Spoilers yeah. here. Basically, he picks up people off a bank job. They have, he eludes loads of cars and then ends up dropping them off in a parking lot. That's right. And then taking his hat off. Well, presumably that off. is how uh, how getaway drivers behave. Presumably that is why it is. But it is, I mean, that is. Yeah, I would say it's one of the most similar starts yeah, to a yeah. film. There's a, there's a good cast of sort of supporting characters who are all. I wouldn't say any of them. Are, I think are particularly you know incredible. Actors in terms of you know giving real gritty performances, yeah, so it's, but it's they're John all Hamm. fun to watch. Yeah, John Hamm, Isaac Gonzalez. Uh, well, we said Kevin Spacey before. Yeah, it, um, it's got John Bernthal, who I always enjoy. Like he's Punisher in the Daredevil uh, TV series on Netflix, but you'll know him from all sorts of things. And it's got Flea from uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. In yes, it. and Jamie Fox as well. Yeah, Jamie Fox. Um, Oh, well, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a ride. Isn't I thought it? it was really great, and as opposed to, I much rather watch this than superhero films. Sure. And uh, some people I've spoken to, I think the criticism have, uh, of it has been that it's a bit. There's no real depth to it. There isn't, and that's true. I think it's all sheen, but um, it's a ride, I, and I think. 
in just the way superhero films are arise, if you are fine with the number of superhero films we have, you have to be fine with the shallowness of this. <laughs> it's it, it, it shallow, but um, I really like. I I thought the car chase. I thought the action sequence and the stunts were really, really great. Yeah, and, the and marrying the, the whole, of the, the chase scenes of yeah, the marrying of action with music with direction was all beautifully handled. Like it is, it's expertly done. Like it, it left me in its. For me, it left me slightly cold. I did enjoy it. I, you know, I, I really enjoyed it, and I could definitely see that it's a how much it's a love story to both driving and cinema. Like it yeah. is, it's just you. It's pouring out the screen at you. You know, this is a guy who knows his stuff and knows it because he is so in love with the the medium he's playing around with. It left me slightly cold, just because it's so teenage boysy. Um, and I and I'm, I'm just I'm not quite I'm not there anymore. You've grown up, mate. Well, I know, but it's you know Ooh, you've got a the view. women aren't people in it, and I know I know it may be you know women aren't people. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's that's my only thing. It's just like, and I know it does. It you know, there's plenty of worse culprits for this criticism, and there are. But it's like the women are just prizes still. And you it's do like, you oh. do notice when the one female criminal is literally. 20 years younger than the other yeah, two yeah, yeah. and she's just wearing sort of crop tops and you think mm. yeah and, and Lily James is basically just sort of in soft focus slow-mo most of the time but they are I mean they are all two dimensional characters they all are you're right you're right they all are and it's it's just it, I, it would it, it would have been more interesting to see some you know some characters we haven't seen before I enjoyed Kevin Spacey in it he's always you yeah know. but it wasn't it, 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 I don't think it was just literally he's he started to go down the Al Pacino Robert De Niro just route, doing what just, he does oh this is a Kevin Spacey which is we've seen this Kevin Spacey it's the Anthony Hopkins before. thing isn't it yeah. yeah although you know every now and again they come out of retirement and do a seriously good part again like they are capable of it I, I've i got... For me, there's one major problem with this film. Right. Which is a bit spoilers-related, which is one character really took me out of... It just jumped over between it being... Uh, it's not being believable, even though it, even though it was yeah. quite heightened anyway. Yeah. One moment completely ruined... just ruined the whole bit for me. Which one? I said spoilers here, I don't know if it, which is Kevin Spacey's nephew... Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And as he just features in a little bit of it, and it's so unrealistic, you know, it's basically just totally unrealistic yes. that it became that was too cartoony, and then suddenly I thought that would never happen. For me, if it had been a single line of when he goes into the bank and he's looking around and everything, that was fine. And then the fine. little kid does the line, that for me. It, it would have had more taste if it, it, it that was it if that was it that was just, great that was it great gives though, you, yeah, yeah. it gives you a hint at what this kid's life must be like but you don't want to really know the kid because that the more you know the sort of creepier that gets <laughs> yeah and it was just too it, just, it was just totally unbelievable that yeah thing. yeah and it sported it for me I thought it was excellent I thoroughly enjoyed it I mean it's not really it, it's the best of the action film it's, a, it's a, hard to do a sort of uh, no-brain action film mm. with a bit of class, much better than this. It made me think that in terms of tone, he uh, Edgar Wright would handle something. I'm not saying do a remake because there's no point, but 
would handle something like Back to the Future quite well. Because he's got that Spielberg eye for what shots are doing and how they link with each other, rather than just covering the action, you know. He is he is painting with moves. Mm. And and his tone is similar, yeah. I think. As I record, it's brilliant. I really enjoyed it. It did feel like a cross between Drive and True Romance. Yeah. I think both those films... But without without the violence of True Romance, actually. And without the... And the violence of Drive. Because in I haven't seen True Romance for probably over a decade, but um, Christopher Walken has real menace in it, right? Yeah, he's he one, he one, one of the great scenes ever, the Walken Hopper yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. And this film doesn't have anyone who has that. Everyone is bubblegum. Like, they're baddies. Jamie Foxx is bubblegum. John Hamm is bubblegum. Kevin Spacey is bubblegum. You know, they're all just quite nice. At least Jamie Foxx... I didn't, I didn't particularly think John Hamm's character was that I've never was quite the least distinguished of the of, of the yeah. all I thought I've not watched Mad Men so I've never quite got the John Hamm thing I think if you if you watch Mad Men you totally get it that John Mad Men is John Hamm in his perfect part well that's it because all role, the things yeah. I've seen him in he seems slightly miscast that's all I so, you know so but maybe you need to have seen Mad Men to sort of get the subtext I mean, he's so <laughs> or the brilliant. context he's right. so brilliant in that that he just gets other things and yeah, some yeah. people have seen it they assume he's good this is sort of because he's got that he has got that 1950s chiselled look definitely so when he they try and make him into sort of a bit punky and a bit different like by shaving off the sides of his yeah he seems hair. he seems like he's in the wrong thing yeah 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 totally but totally. he's got I still be- enjoyed him I, I did I did it's just I've always had a slight why, why are you doing this <laughs> I'm going to give it nine marics I think really I just think it was done so well and I and I thoroughly in, enjoyed it I, I don't know whether it will stay with me as a I, I haven't thought about much in it afterwards, to be I honest. I really like the soundtrack. I really like that they used like, songs that I would have used in the films. I was quite annoyed. And when I heard them using Young MC, you know, the, one, the know-how one, Yeah, yeah. I thought, shit, I was going to use that in my big uh, blockbuster film that I'm never going to make in my life. <laughs> sure, sure. I look forward to never seeing it. Yeah. Bumming man. The bumming man. Uh, yeah, I. you know, it's... I it's not quite for me and yet but I'm not going to mark it down for that because I think it's brilliantly made and I can see why people would be in love with it. I I'd, I'd give it 8 and say go see it, make up your own mind. I mean, it's one of the best films of the year. I think it's really well done. Um I wonder if he could handle something uh, with a bit more depth. That's it because I've not seen Scott Pilgrim but I've heard what it's about. I didn't know Scott Pilgrim. I I wasn't a huge fan of Shaun of the Dead and I know lots of people were. I'm I thought it was I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. Uh, I mean, Hot, Hot Fuzz is my favorite of the three. Me. I didn't I didn't like Shaun of the Dead. The, the, the World's End was bollocks and um it was I thought the World's End was just more of the same but just with n- not as fun. Hot Fuzz is is much better than Shaun of the Dead in my opinion. Yeah. But the the, the dark Twists in the Cornetto trilogy, as it has uh, yeah, sorry, come to be dropping. known, for me are the things that don't land. So uh, that don't they feel out of place? It feels like you have a lurch in tone rather than that is a moment that works brilliantly in this film. So, to, an example of what I'm talking about, you know, you've got in Shaun of the Dead the bit with his mum, and you know, yeah, yeah, and you have an actual sort of weeping speech from uh, Simon Pegg, and for me, it's like. What am I watching now? This seems weird. And the revelation that his character again has uh, 
been self-harming or tried to commit suicide previously in The World's End as well. And he's, I just, this doesn't belong in this film. There's something, it's being mishandled somehow. And it's not like you can't have these huge lurches because one that weirdly I think works perfectly is Gremlins with the speech about the dad dying on Christmas Day. Yeah. And it, I can't explain why it's alchemy, but it works. And there's something for me that I haven't seen Edgar Wright get that right yet. But everything else I'm loving. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how this film stands up in in uh, ten years' time. Mm. Whether it's got like we mentioned, Driving True Romance, they're still films you would watch bits of, and they're great. I don't know if this has got anything to grip onto. Mm. If it was a climbing wall, yes, I think the holes might be quite small. Yeah, it's 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 a ball pit, isn't it, of a film? What do you mean? Oh, we need to jump into it and jump back. And you think you think nostalgically about it every now and again, but you don't go and go to a ball pit again, do you? Yeah, I, I enjoyed <laughs> it for it. I thought it was a very pleasing film. So well done, Edgar Wright, and well, well done, done to everyone who involved. does involved. Well done. You should be really proud of yourselves. Good cars. Good, Good cars, everyone. Cars. Good cars. I think it's time for this. Andy Behans. I know. Oh, Andy, anyway. Here we go. Here we go. It's starting off right now. Hey there, film watching buds. Reporting back on my Friday movie night. Just went to see Your Name, a Japanese animation, as a completely random choice. The film confused me. It starts out being as a cutesy rom com where a guy and a girl start switching bodies on random days. Sounds nice. Body swap, yeah. Uh, everything goes to formula. Misunderstandings, giggling, blushing, hijinks, grief, feelings, upbeat pop songs. Then. And this is about halfway through the film. The body switching stops. And the guy finds out the girl is from a village that was destroyed in a natural disaster three years ago. She's been dead the whole time. What? The movie briefly turns into a supernatural disaster romancella underpinned by Shinto spirituality with some trippy animation. This part was great. Then the movie shifts tone again. This time to a sentimental riff about soulmates. Overall, it was pretty underwhelming. I wish it had leaned to, to its weird and dark moments more or gone deeper into the Shinto thing. I love the idea of a really standard rom-com plot suddenly turning into a ghost thriller. It's possible I was put off because the guy next to me ate popcorn with his mouth wide open the entire film. Oh. Arsehole. How do you have enough popcorn to do this? Anyway, I'll give it 4 out of 10 Andes. Also, I note on Marek's annoyance with a native character in Wonder Woman. I haven't seen it and I'm not native, but I wanted to point out that... Native Americans enlist and have always enlisted, including World War One, in World War One, in huge proportions per capita compared to the rest of the US. It's a massive part of a lot of Native histories, and there are a lot of Native veterans out there. So rather than being planning to PC this, I'm actually surprised to hear they that they represented this part of the US's history. Um, so that bit when I said about the Indian being in you World said War. it was a bit United Colors of Benetton, and you didn't believe that a Native American Turns Indian out should wrong. have been in the First World War in Europe, and you were wrong. Turns out I'm. Turns out, oh, I'm an arsehole. Old news. It's, it's the moral of this ep- most episodes. <laughs> Old news. Old news. Um, so what was that film called? It sounds interesting. Uh, your Name. Your Name. Have you heard of um, an anime uh, it's called Ranma Half? 
it's manga actually but I think they probably made an anime as well it does sound familiar because I, I remember reading those when I was younger where it's um, a boy who when he's splashed with water turns into a girl yes <laughs> really weird he's a teenager so it's like Spider-Man in that whole no one must know my special power <laughs> at high school but it just he turns into a girl and his uh, mentor who teaches him kung fu turns into a panda anyway uh, track that down this is from Rob Marland oh Wolfsburg player extraordinaire and he it, this is on the subject of mum reviews in this week's episode fellow fandangler Christine sent in a film review by her mum I am all in favour of consulting mums about movies so here are my mum's reviews of a few of the latest Hollywood blockbusters excellent this is good we should do more of this ok first Guardians of the Galaxy 2 or as she calls it Galaxy Defenders <laughs> I didn't see the point why is there a raccoon that talks it's just stupid and what's that little bit of wood all about Chris Pratt should retire or get a job as a street sweeper <laughs> Alien Covenant it just gave me the giggles I'm afraid I found it really really funny seeing all that blood and gore and guts wow I mean that's that worrying is, it's troubling yeah, worrying that's reaction. troubling really Baywatch it's a comedy and they did it really well. There are boobs and that hunky fella for us ladies. <laughs> Not the little Efron, Dwayne, whatever his name is. Oh, The Rock. The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, Wonder Woman. I wasn't enthused by this film. She was pinging off the bullets, but if this was proper empowerment, she would have had her own blooming gun. It was a rubbish film. <laughs> Uh, for more of the same, why not listen to our new podcast, My Mum Has Seen a Movie? Oh, he's done us. That's right. I just plugged our film podcast right inside your film podcast. Take that, suckers. Rob Marland. Is that real? My Mum Has Seen a Movie? Yeah, he's doing a film podcast, yeah, then. Well, well, we could play the game on here and just completely steal his idea. I mean, he's given it to us, hasn't he? No, quite If you'd not. like uh, to write in with your mum's reviews <laughs> of films, we'd love to hear them. Oh, we can't do that. <laughs> Yeah, good idea though good luck with your rival podcast yeah um here we go another one sure Simon bad films on the recent subject of bad films I happened upon Dirty Dancing Dirty Dirty Dancing <laughs> Dirty Dancing <laughs> Dirty Dirty Dancing on Channel 5 on Sunday boop me that was excruciatingly bad I don't know why I beat the fuck out what did it then <laughs> yeah I didn't know another couple um, just just so saying awful. fuck every now and again. It actually had some recognisable fucking faces in it. <laughs> Nicole fucking Scherzinger, fucking Grace from fucking Will and Grace, and one of the cast of fucking Modern Family. Hang on, Nicole Scherzinger in Dirty Dancing? I, no, no, he's fucking in there. Um, why on earth you would do this is beyond me? I know the trend is to remake or reboot classics, but I can't imagine one has ever been done this badly. They might as well have shut Tom Patrick's way he's his grave. What's the worst, mate? Worst remake you've seen apart from this pile of shit? Um, I, I was not even this. aware they'd done it. It's a TV movie. I've just looked it up. Uh, they made, came out this year. Mental to do a this. musical reimagining of the 1987 film Dirty Dancing. 3.1 IMDb. So it's a musical. It's got Abigail Breslin in it. Oscar winner Abigail Breslin. Um, Nicole Scherzinger, uh, Scherzinger would literally do any advert or TV thing for money. It's absolutely Her accidentally incredible. getting a perfect spot of yoghurt on the tip of her nose every time in those yoghurt adverts makes me want to <laughs> nuke the world. <laughs> so fucking annoying. Um, hey, but it's got Lando Calrissian in it. 
Oh, great. As Tito. What are the worst remakes? I mean, all of them, are, I just think all the recent beat remakes have all been pretty shit. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I, there was an era good. of a lot of things being remakes and we just weren't aware they were remakes, but they were genuinely good films. And it seems to have died a bit, that ability to make something new and relevant to the modern day and keep its quality. The more I think about the old the Ghostbusters, the more I d- dislike the Ghostbusters. Well, the problem with the go- what the original or the new one? The new one. I think I think the problem for me with the new Ghostbusters is that um, it became too highly politicised, and so people were willing it to be the best film they've ever seen when it was a remake, so it wasn't going to be. And also, it's not a Ghostbusters film; it's a Paul Feig film. So it's. It's just a it's just a screwball comedy that isn't a genre film, and I think that's the mistake it made. Um, yeah. It should have been a pastiche of a horror film like the original was, and it would have been more fun, I think. But anyway, anyway, we've talked I thought about the Magnificent Seven before. was terrible. I thought it was the Magnificent Seven was fine. I didn't. Th- I thought it was. You know, it had some fun action sequences, but just it wasn't as engaging as other films that haven't got as much attention. Like, I thought the shootout at the end of Slow West was better than anything in The Magnificent Seven, yeah. and Slow West cost a fraction of the budget, you know. Did you watch Clash of the Titans? Yes. Terrible. Terrible. It's so good, the original. Yeah, haven't seen it. They've not remade Jason and the Argonauts, have they? They should, when they're going to do Krull and stuff like that and Port, <laughs> remaking you know, Krull Port what Slayer. would be the point of remaking Krull um, it's perfect you can't remake Krull um, yeah Arthur's I, supposed to be bad I've not seen it that's Arthur. the uh, Russell um, Brand remake of Dudley Dudley Moore's, Moore's oh yeah you know it's terrible it's terrible um, well all the remakes are crap aren't they they're remaking Dirty Rotten Scoundrels no with women yes with Rebel oh, Wilson Rebel oh, Wilson I'm not a fan of Rebel Wilson no she's all I like her in the Pitch Perfect films actually and that's why she's got a career she is she is kind of funny in the um, uh, one more letter go on then well, this will lead on to um, my uh, film I'm going to talk about alright it's from David Dave Christensen and so is Baby Driver and The Circle and we're going to talk about those bloody films. Well, but bloody, hear what he has to say before, well, it, before a, it disappears. He's the voice of his predicting the entire future, Dave Christensen. Oh, we should ask him to predict Or this. is it Dave Christ and Son? Christ and Son. The new... The new second coming. coming. Anyway, let's see what... Let's see what the second coming of the Messiah... The second coming would be called Dave. And he... <laughs> Of all the podcasts he's chosen to write in to film Fandango... We are the chosen. very limited listenership. <laughs> You've made a grave error, Dave, son of son I mean, of God. He's not He's not going to go well for the son of son of God if he goes on doing... Well, no, 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 but maybe, maybe, you know, the original Jesus had 12 disciples and the new one has our listenership, so has 14 disciples. But let's just see what Dave's got to say. <laughs> okay. Hi all, I'm sure at least one of you will have seen Baby Driver by now. Both? Correct. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I don't know. much. I don't have much to say other than I thought it was great. I found it hard not to pretend I was baby when driving home from the cinema. They've told you, it's for drivers, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. What other films have made you want to behave like the main character when you've left the cinema? Drive. Wonder Woman. Last night, I watched The Circle on Netflix. 
I really enjoyed a book, the book a couple of years ago, so I was looking forward to the film. Apparently, it's come straight to Netflix in the UK because of how badly it did in the box office in the U- US. It wasn't terrible, but I think it had real problems with lack of development of some of the characters. I don't really know why doing the tone what we're doing with the Tony ending it seems they wanted to make a happy fun version of Black Mirror which completely misses the point of Black Mirror I'm interested to what, hear what one or both of you think also I watched I Don't Feel at Home Anymore in this world on your recommendation that was great keep watching some of the keep watching some films Dave um, yes just on that last point I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore is uh, a very good film that's gone straight I, to I Netflix. watched that as well. oh did you what did yeah. you think I I didn't like it as much as you liked it, but I still thought it was very good. It's very, it's very, it really has that feel of a Macon Blair yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a bit, they're all slightly sort of vengeance. Ven- vengeance figures highly, but they're vengeance mixed with existential angst as well. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not sort of blood pumping, uh, striding forward vengeance. It's sort of like, oh, I can't think of anything else to do. <laughs> yeah, and they're always quite sort of gory and the shooting he's definitely got a real feel to his films I think it's I thought, funny man I thought Manny Liskey was film. brilliant yeah yeah and I really loved Elijah wouldn't it he's I great was he's really one cool. actually who he gets dismissed as just a sort of another pretty boy actor quite often but he makes really interesting decisions in the projects he'll do you know I think basically he did Lord of the Rings and uh, and you know literally made millions and millions yeah, of yeah. pounds and uh, I think he's just gone I'm just going to do weird films like, Things I like. Sin City yeah. you know, when he plays that really horrible bad doesn't speak yeah and this one is great in this one as well I, 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 I really like it I think he's brilliant in this I liked it I gave it 7 marriage might be a bit harsh um, but I think the producer was so good yeah so The Circle what is this? The Circle is out this year it's always a big release it stars Emma Watson it's got Tom Hanks in it John Boyega um, and Karen Gillan in it uh, Beck makes an appearance in it it's a story oh um, Bill Paxton's in it well, that's one of the weird, I'll come to the weird bit okay. later on it's a story of Emma Watson um, who's got a rubbish job um, with a perfectly symmetrical face and she gets a job working for the circle i.e. a really sort of shit, like Google basically right job working for Google and okay. Tom Hanks is the head of Google and he's there with um, uh, uh, with Patton Oswalt is his assistant and they want everything to be transparent and everyone's really really nice and everyone talks to each other and everyone joins part of the community uh, and uh, in, it's all sort of all encompassing so you just literally get enveloped into this world where everyone shares everything right um one of the weirdest things ever. This is a weird. This is a weird thing that's totally not by by chance. Is that Emma Watson's parents are played by Bill Paxton and Glenn Headley, who both really recently died. Glenn Headley's the woman in Dirty uh, Ron Scoundrels. Oh yes, yes, yes. Who's brilliant? And they play her parents, and it's really odd to have two people. And it really freaked me out. It's totally something just by chance. Yeah, yeah, You've got yeah. two people playing her parents. And this must have been their last film. It just puts a shadow over the scenes they're in. But they're right? both together. And yeah. they're both, and you think they've both died too young, both really recently. And it's an odd thing that's happened that's obviously just slightly made that bit of the film 
really weird. Yeah. Because you think they're both they both died too, and it's really new news. So I don't know if any of our listeners have a, a moments which freak you out for no reason for where where real life has sort of intruded. Yeah. Onto the film, so that's odd. Emma Watson. I mean, let me just say first of all, this is a fucking pile of shit. <laughs> it's been I buried. Wanted, it's I, certainly been buried. Uh, other than Bill Paxton and Glenn Headley, who looked like they were hanging every second of it, who had minor roles. I wanted to punch everyone in the face during Tom the course of this film. Tom Hanks is his most annoying Aww. doing Tom Hanks thing. It's so bad. It is bad. First of all, Emma Watson, I don't know what the draw is. I do not well, understand. The draw what it is. is that um, millions and millions of people around the world grew up at the same time as she did watching her films. That is the draw. So, you know, she was Hermione when she was, what, 11 years old, and now she's a woman, and so are the people who were 11 when she was 11. You know, that that is that is the draw. It is pure nostalgia, I think, because she is not a good actor. I don't think she's a bad actress. I do. I just think that her... <laughs> I genuinely do. I mean, it's me talking, I've got a weird face and uh, and uh, know what it's like to be typecast because of your face but her face just doesn't it's really cold mm. it's a really cold perfectly symmetrical face that doesn't it's not when she's playing a character who's, who's supposed to be quite a troubled character mm. I don't feel any warmth to her no I don't know whether that's just me and my uh, genetic makeup thinking I don't no I, I, I don't think I don't think that is what she can do you know I just don't think she's capable of, of giving that yeah um, her, oh, she's had a very odd career post Harry Potter in terms well, Beauty of the, and the Beach was a big but success but that's the big one but nobody talked about her in it, which I thought was odd, considering she's the lead. You know, it all—it was all about everyone else in it, really. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't seen it either, but she did uh, the perks of being a wallflower, which I didn't see. Uh, the bling ring, which people talked well, about a bit. Sounds shit. Isn't it? This is the end where she just had a cameo as herself, which was that sort of pothead apocalypse comedy. Uh, Noah, which looked like the most. <laughs> The most humourless cast you could ever assemble, basically, of Russell Crowe, Emma Watson, and Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> um, it's just like, oh god, and it, no one went to see it. The Colony and Regression, nope. And then Beauty and the Beast and the Circle, mm. like it's not been. People only remember the big ones. Yeah. Um, it, it, this film is shockingly bad. It's really patronising. The script is terrible. It feels like Emma Watson's joining a big cult, pretty much, where everyone's really nice to each other. Right. And no one says, um, hang on it, this is all really fucking weird. <laughs> uh, Tom Hanks does these speeches, which uh, I'm just going to give spoilers, because don't watch it, which are just... I mean, watch it if you want to watch a really bad film. Right. Um, he does these TED Talks things, almost, for like, the circle. Here's what we're going to do. And everyone just claps and laughs at all the jokes, even though they're not funny. And the things that he's saying aren't anything you clap about. There's one really weird scene where basically uh, she ends up having a camera on her and, and showing everyone her life. So it's a really clumsy comment on the sort of total transparency of modern life and yes. how it doesn't really fit in with happiness. But it's done really badly. John Boyega's character, it's this sort of anti-establishment character who has no plot resolution. Right. It's almost as if someone's gone, we can get John Boyega for two days. 
part really needs five days, but if we just get him to just do the first two days of the part and then leave out the rest of, yeah, 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 we'll do that. I mean, he's in Star Wars, we have yeah, to so do that. I mean, people just see his face and come along. I mean, it doesn't have to make sense, but think of the money. I mean, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Tom Hanks, this is a surefire hit. Yeah. Beck, we've even got Beck. It's the possibly the worst waste of a cast ever. Mm. Um, Karen Gillan from Doctor Who's in it, and there's a bit when she suddenly decides she doesn't like the, the circle anymore. And they do this by her, you know, not washing her hair and having bags under her eyes. That's her, you know, that's to show that she's had a bit of a a breakdown. It is so clumsy and so bad. Every single moment in this film is shit. It's jaw-droppingly shit. And no one just went, you know what, I don't want to... It's the true meaning of the circle, it's an anus. And it's just... just extruding turds into your eyes and mouth. That's what it is. It should be just everything in this film. Well, maybe that's intentional. That it's just basically tur- shitting into your yeah yeah and going ha ha you paid for this ha well, I didn't I go on Netflix I watched one I paid for it with my two hours of my life I'm still shitting into your mouth ha it's been dished on Rotten Tomatoes it's got fifteen percent I don't know who's given it uh, uh, eighteen million the budget was wow got eighteen million Netflix to I don't know if it was a film before and they sold it to Netflix or whether Netflix made it anyway it doesn't work on any level. Acting tonally is totally mismatched. Tom Hanks is... All the characters are two-dimensional. Emma Watson has no charm. Karen Gillan is a knob. Um, <laughs> what, the person? Or... It's just... It's just... It is... I think they, um, the letter came in saying it's a, it's an attempt to be Black Mirror, but without any edge or any right. of the good bits of Black Mirror. And it doesn't work at all. Oh, well, that's a shame. Where can you track this film down if you're desperate to uh, have turds it's on Netflix. in your eyes? Netflix. Yeah. Well, the as, as wor- we talked about... The worst film of the year so far, The Circle. It has been buried, as I said. Nobody has been talking about it at all. But you can hear us talking about it here. Um, Tom Hanks is going to be upset when he hears this, isn't he? I mean, yes. He's going to be heartbroken. You didn't give up. They'll stop. He'll probably not invite you around for Christmas this year. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm play on his big piano. I know, Christmas at the Hanks. His foot piano. Yeah, that he's got in all of his houses. Yeah. Wherever he goes, there's a foot piano. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that foot piano in, uh, what's it? Tom Hanks' house. SEO uh, Schwartz or whatever it's called in New York. It looks really sad and broken and old now. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. Bit like this podcast. Bit like this podcast. <laughs> Um, we'll be back next week uh, with yet more films um, hang on your podcast you've done a play what yeah yeah I have I've done something good um, <laughs> uh, yeah I'm in a sketch group called the Penny Dreadfuls and our latest radio play is going to be broadcast um, tomorrow if you're listening to this on the day we uh, release it uh, or Saturday as it's also known Saturday the 8th of July um, at 2.30 in the afternoon and it's called Le Ca- The Penny Dreadfuls Present Le Carré on Spying and it's a 1960s uh, Cold War thriller comedy um, Can you download it on the thingy jobs? You can after it's after it goes out live uh, I think it's a, up on iPlayer for 60 days I don't know how you get hold of it if you are a, 
a foreign living abroad. I don't know how you do that. But yeah, I, I'd appreciate it if you uh, if you listen to that and if you enjoy it. Why not write a letter to the BBC? Because they seem to really still have a system that cares about getting receiving letters. Really? Yeah. Why not write a letter saying, oh, I really enjoyed that um, uh, uh, play by the Penny Dreadfuls. Also, I've been shocked by the notable absence of Marek Lara from any radio shows. Hey, I, I really put you in one. Oh, yeah, for, a lot, for the last four or five years. Yeah. A lot of the radio producers come along and play football and never give me any money <laughs> towards it, but when it comes to giving me work, they've given me none. Nothing, nothing at all. Um, well, you know, hopefully we'll change that one day. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, if you'd like to write in, then please do go to filmfandango.com. Uh, there's a form there, and we'll receive you a message from there. Also, we do all this... Uh, for free so if you'd like to contribute towards our running costs then please again filmfandango.com and click the donate button and everyone who has thank you very much um, it's much appreciated when we receive your little donation emails it really lightens our days doesn't it it's like oh people are listening it's great um, thank you thank you uh, we'll be back next week keep watching the films bye Today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.